0: Bath before, and I don't know how it will sound with that fan happening in the background. But I have major cramps, and I'm trying to go through this without naproxen. I always take naproxen for cramps, and being off medications has re-inspired me to try to be off those types of medications too. Plus. I've been taking four doses of the Hardy Nutritionals for the last week. And they say that that can help with cramps and different PMS things. And also, I started taking the Hardy Nutritionals probiotics and that can help with some menstrual stuff too. So it's still very difficult, but I find it bearable. It's still kind of unbearable, but I can go through it, whereas usually it's actually unbearable. I can't stand it at all. So I have to take naproxen and I've tried to not and just let it go for like an hour before without taking it. And it gets so out of control that I can't move. I'm on the ground. I feel like I'm gonna barf. I feel faint. I have to sit on the toilet all day and even if I take an aproxin at that point it still takes hours for it to kick in so i've always just really taken it as soon as i had that first sign of cramps whereas yesterday i actually got my period after making those videos and then the cramps came on slightly and then i woke up with cramps a bit and they've been pretty bad but i still felt like If they didn't get super out of hand yesterday, then maybe they weren't going to get super out of hand. So yeah, maybe by the end of the day, I'll know if I can just get through it without the pills, even any naproxen, and that could be another benefit of the hearty nutritionals. And last night, I had a really interesting experience when I was editing my videos everything was fine I was just laying down editing them and then I said something to myself on video that scared me it actually created this visceral fear response and I could feel this fear energy just pouring out of my my chakra I don't know the belly one what's that called like the power center not the heart the navel or something And it was so intense, and then it sort of spread down my legs and through my whole body, and I just felt so afraid. And it was so obvious that I had made my nervous system weak. And what I said on video, I actually deleted. I was like, I can't say that, because it felt like a premonition, it felt like a prophecy, or it felt like inviting that into my experience, or... Increasing the likelihood of it being a possibility, or maybe it is actually going to happen. And so, just by saying it and saying, Oh, but I'm okay with that, and then seeing my body's response, it was almost like, I'm not okay with that. And I don't know if I'm not okay with saying that, I'm not okay with having that as a premonition or a possibility, or that that's going to happen in this life, or that it happened in a past life this is where fear can open up this sort of non-linear interpretation of is this happening now it was just something I said that made me afraid but it made me afraid of something in the future or something of the past possibly and I don't know which so all of a sudden that just unlocked this huge fear response and I was trying to figure it out and it was quite painful in my body And so then I deleted it and I just sort of sat with the pain and I realized, oh, I can take a vitamin C. So it didn't create that response like, oh, I have to kill myself, but it was a fear of death for sure. And so I figured I'll take a vitamin C because that helps with so-called anxiety and it pretty much felt like major anxiety. That's a convenient term to categorize it, but I still was trying to understand. So I had some vitamin C instead of maybe jumping up and taking a Cerepil. So usually it's I have that fear response. If it's really intense it sort of makes me think, oh my god, I have to kill myself. And then when I have that, I still do something to harm myself. I take a really toxic psychopharmaceutical. And last time I did that in January, it actually went away when it hit my tongue. It wasn't even when it was in my stomach and was released I swallowed the thing and it went away it was like the gesture of that that was more powerful than the actual substance itself and so anyways I tapered off those meds and blah 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 so this time I had a different strategy I had this vitamin C that Hardy Nutritionals told me to take if I have any medication withdrawal reactions or just I guess fear and So I did the gesture of grabbing a vitamin C packet and I had a cup in my room and I put some water in the cup. And I usually have it with juice because it tastes kind of gross, but I just put the water in the cup, put the vitamin C goop in there and drank it. And then the interesting thing happened after that, it was, I picked up the cup to go put it back by the door so I could take it out later. And I missed the cup with my hand i kind of half picked it up and then i dropped it and it smashed and to me that really means that that fear really weakened the nervous system i was afraid and i was not able to act properly i was clumsy i dropped the cup and it smashed and it's sort of like the disorder of that fear inside of me was translated to the outside so And I don't think that's bad. I think it's actually translating it into something actual. So usually there's that fear and it creates a thought. Oh my God, I have to kill myself. And then the gesture I do is grab a psychopharmaceutical to calm myself down. But it's like I grabbed the vitamin C, which is non-toxic, but the toxicity had to go somewhere. So it actually went into reality. I was clumsy and I broke the cup. And I'm never clumsy. I don't drop things or break things at all. So I'm not sure if anyone will see this here, but I feel like when the nervous system is strong, even when it goes weak, it's able to do a different action, like take vitamin C instead of a toxic pill. But then something still has to be transferred. That that chaos of fear has to go somewhere, and it basically went into breaking the cup. And I actually remember the first time I was in map consciousness really noticing when people would break things or like someone would pass something to someone and it would get dropped and it was sort of like this lack of communication or maybe disorder being transferred into actuality or it's like someone's in fear and somebody's okay and when they interact something between them breaks so things breaking is actually a sign of Incongruence or disorder in a way. And just think about, say somebody's not paying attention when they're driving, they get into an accident. So it's sort of like not paying attention. So it was really fascinating, actually, because it was similar to a few weeks ago when I could feel the fork sensation of past stuff in an event that was happening now, but able to respond with strength. And even now, I had that intense fear but I was able to respond with strength I responded with the vitamin C but it still broke the cup and me responding with strength to that person weeks ago he wasn't doing so well for a while he was really upset so it sort of broke his spirit in a way But so it's unfortunate that it still gets transferred but it's just interesting that when I'm able to respond with strength, something happens actually. Instead of just rearranging images and thoughts and words and in my brain, which would get me to act in a disordered way. So I acted in an ordered way by grabbing the vitamin C, but it still disordered something, it broke a cup. That weakness in my nervous system, sort of lost in the fear and then going to move a cup and I drop it and it breaks. So I really see this as a mechanism for sure of something else, and it's really fascinating. So fear and a weak nervous system really causes chaos from a broken glass to everything after that. And I was talking in those videos about being careful about what weakens my nervous system and actually Prophesizing kind of weakens it a little bit or saying things that could be too prophetic or too final if they were possible it would also be the end and that scares the nervous system in a way it scared my body there's still fear in my body for sure but it didn't create a story out of it it just really stayed with the fear took the vitamin C and, and it went away Whereas before, my first reaction might be to take a Cerecoil and then grab the strap, It was toned down. So even that extreme fear was toned down. And it didn't get translated into stories. So I think these nutrients really help the nervous system to just be with that feeling and then do something to to move through it, but not anything that's too harmful to the nervous system. Because... The nervous system needs care. It's afraid. And then if I do something to poison it, it's actually not allowing the nervous system to feel safe to release some of those energies that are stored within it. I feel like it's more about molting quantum holograms And it is a quantum hologram in that I'm like, where is this coming from? What is this about? Is it about something in the future, something in the past, something in a past life? So that's sort of wondering about what the story could be, but not making up a story. It's actually sort of being in dialogue with the fear. Not, oh my God, there's this fear that means that I have to end my life. Which is almost like a state of not being in dialogue with the fear. Just having the fear figured out. It's like, if I have this much fear, it means I have to end my life to escape it but maybe that's not true and maybe the nervous system is able to move through it more strongly when it's not poisoned to move through it which doesn't really allow it to move through it for real and I also feel like it's important not to talk too much about things that are outside my control and I noticed the last few videos were a lot of speculating what I might say to people or how people might respond and things like that those are all things out of my control. So I think it kind of confuses the nervous system to bring in too many factors. And I don't know if that's true. I'm just sort of wondering. So I was trying to talk about things that are possibly more concrete instead of just making up language and words and new ways of thinking about things. But maybe that's what is best to do in self-dialogue. And I don't know. And another thing I thought about was, even when I say... Oh, I don't know if I can help people. Oh, I think I can help people. Oh, the cards say I should help people. It's an exploration in reaching out and communicating and maybe not to have the motive of helping people, but just to connect, just to be related. So I'm probably using the wrong language to talk about that a little bit and saying, Oh, this means I'm not meant to do this or I'm not meant to do that. It was just reaching out and learning how to reach out in new ways, and learning, learning, it's more about learning, like, I reached out in this way, and it wasn't received the way I was intending, or they had different intentions, so the trouble is, there was no dialogue with that person, I was just trying to reach out and help in the way that I thought was helpful, when there needs to be some kind of dialogue first. So, it's official, I got through the worst of my menstrual cramps without any naproxen, And this has not happened in my entire life since I was 11 years old. I don't think I took an when I was 11, but I definitely took Tylenol and Advil and things like that. And I had tried on several occasions to not take anything, but it never worked. And when I was really young, actually, I would just have to keep taking Tylenol and Advil, and it never really worked that well. I was still in a lot of pain. So that's how I knew I couldn't not take anything and then when I somehow discovered naproxen it worked really well but I did try on several occasions not to take any and it was just a nightmare and I was able to not take any for several months when I was on a hundred percent raw food and so maybe there's been a total of four months or something that I haven't had to take drugs for that. But this time I felt like I could try to not take any because because of just taking the micronutrients. And they said how taking an extra dose might help with the menstrual stuff as well as I read that the probiotics can help with that too. And I've been on that. So I figured, why not? And I didn't actually plan to not take the naproxen. It was more... When the cramps came on, it was at night, and they were bearable. Usually I take an aproxen right away, but for some reason I didn't. And I was able to fall asleep without taking one, and then the cramps actually woke me up at 5.30 in the morning, and I did have to run to the washroom many times, and it was very painful. And then I had the bath, and then after I got out of the bath, I was going to go to the beach and just lay in the heat and the sand, and I thought that would be helpful, but I went to bed and actually fell asleep for two and a half hours, which was probably good because I woke up at 5.30, so yeah, I got through the worst of it. My stomach's still a bit gurgly, but it's not as painful as it was before, so this is kind of a miracle. It's been over 20 years since I've not had to take something. So now I know I can get through it, just being on a regular diet without any really, really strict way of eating in order to not have any cramps or not have to take an improxin. So this is just, okay, living a regular life, regular diet. I don't really eat healthy right now, I just eat muesli for breakfast and then whatever for lunch. I actually never eat salad right now. My, I could be a lot healthier than I am, but it's just nice to have nutritional support and be able to get through things without dulling the nervous system or numbing it out. And I feel like just not dulling it through mental health medications, my nervous system feels open to moving through other energies without taking something to modulate it or tone it down. And it could just be because my nervous system has more strength after taking these micronutrients to taper off meds. So in the future, I just won't take the naproxen unless I really have to, though I may have to take the day off and just be near a bathroom and a bathtub. Maybe I can explore finding some kind of tea that will help. And actually just use natural methods now that it's not so bad or at least it wasn't this time and I just edited the portion of this video that was me in the bathtub and yeah I'm really seeing that I was able to just be with the pain in the moment and then wonder what the pain might extrapolate to but not create a story out of it And my brain was wondering about different possibilities, but it wasn't creating a reactive story. Because it'd be one thing to create a story like, oh, this pain means I died in a past life of X, Y, Z. And then that might be a little bit freaky, but it would just be sort of odd. But a reactive story to me is, I'm in so much pain right now, this means that I have to end my life to get past the pain. There wasn't any of that story, like, this pain means I have to die. It felt kind of like this pain means I'm going to die, or I died in a certain way in a past life or something. And of course I'm going to die, we all are. But it wasn't creating this reactive story of a gesture or action or behavior that would harm me. So I wasn't translating the pain into harm against myself and was actually able to do a gesture of healing myself. And I think that that's sort of the care the nervous system needs whether we're received by other people when we're in distress or whether we're receiving ourselves and our own pain and experiences. Can we still do gestures of care? And I think in this way the nervous system might actually learn to trust the rest of the material body and the being that is flowing through it and maybe in that way it will release small amounts of pain that are sort of stored within it but then we can actually respond to it in in healthy ways that promote well-being. And I'm not sure because that was my first experience of sort of having this packet of fear released into my body and just being able to respond in a really good way that doesn't promote further harm to the nervous system which is sort of trying to detoxify from fear it's almost like there's fear stored in the body and and it goes through the nervous system and then we feel it through the nervous system because we feel everything through our nervous system but then that can actually create stories so I feel like these nutrients prevent the stories and and just help me process that pain and sort of wonder about it and be in dialogue with it without creating this reactive story that might lead to further harm because the body's trying to maybe detox from past harms but then if we harm ourselves well well, moving through that, it sort of doesn't resolve it as much as if we're able to just be with it and let it flower and, and just, and then just end. And I feel like all the meaning I've created for myself acts as a buffer. Since I have so much meaning, my brain was able to wonder about what this pain could mean. And this fear could mean instead of just creating a reactive story. So oftentimes when we get triggered, for example, we just create a story and we react right away. Like this means this and we react. But we don't really pause and wonder. We don't inquire and sort of have a dialogue about what it could mean. Because we've already figured out what it means and it's just this reflex reaction. So I feel like I've turned that reflex reaction of that pain and fear into wondering and suspending the reaction and then being able to take action and then just be with it and it goes away. And I also sense that that fear moved me away from being in touch with the moment because it was out of place. It was too much fear to be justified for me just being in my room so I definitely wasn't in touch with the moment but in a way I was because I was really in touch with my body but there was still some chaos there and that sort of led to breaking the glass and I feel like that chaos though also can lead us to break connections with other people because of the reactions because we're not in dialogue and I feel like it has something to do with the transfer of entropy so there was like this entropy released by all this fear and and pain and it sort of got transferred into my action so I was able to act to take the vitamin C but then I broke the glass so it feels like there's some kind of strange resolution there somehow in terms of entropy in terms of those types of principles not like breaking a glass resolves pain but it was a release of entropy it was chaos and the chaos actually did get transferred into this glass that is organized so it has less entropy because entropy has something to do with disorder and how things tend to move towards disorder over time and it's quite ordered yet this fear in the moment released all this entropy it was like a big release of entropy and maybe fear is almost just like a big release of entropy in a way chaos in the nervous system and that chaos if you think about laws of transformation of energy and i can barely remember this from school but energy is conserved or something and there's something about entropy and different principles so it actually was sort of transferred into the glass breaking from that action was a result of that release of entropy within within me so there's like a law of conservation of energy so if I hit the table some of it is the transfer of energy in, and some of it actually the energy gets turned into sound so there's the force of the hit as energy but then there's also some of it that gets lost in terms of sound and some of it gets lost in terms of of, of friction with the air a very minimal amount so that entropy of the fear broke the glass and now the glass is in the garbage it's no longer in order and moving about in reality for people to use. So it's, it's really interesting if one thinks about it in that way. But it feels like each time this happens where fear energy arises like that, it will produce a certain action. So maybe next time again I'll go for vitamin C. Maybe I won't break the glass. And then I won't have to vacuum and I won't have to sweep it up and not get glass in my foot and things like that so it's sort of realizing that when that happens I have to be more careful with my actions because my nervous system is in a state of weakness it's probably a time to not really act at all just sort of wait it out and then I think that's sort of what happens in so-called dissociation we go into extreme fear and we just don't act because anything we do could really damage us because our nervous system is so weak so it might not necessarily be a bad thing it's just actually preventing us from moving because when I dissociate I freeze when I have in the past so it's just preventing us from moving to hurt ourselves but it will pass if we're received with care and we can have caring gestures but when it's assumed oh that person has something wrong with them No, it's just some really chaotic energy and entropy moving through one's nervous system to the point where anything they do would actually not be good. So it's good to just freeze. And if that's mixed in with thought forms that are negative because we're in a state of fear, well, that can really lead us to pass on this chaotic entropy when mixed with fearful thought forms we can do things that are so-called bad because we're afraid it's not that we're trying to do something bad it's a fear state in the nervous system and it's trying to eliminate that fear by doing something about it but if it's mixed in with those story elements then that's when it could lead to chaotic behavior but it's really that fear is from the collective unconscious and it moves through us at the wrong time meaning what is missing again in a way is that ekphoric sensation like this is just energy being processed that isn't something to do with the moment the body's feeling afraid but right now is not the time to take action based on that and through this dialogue process i've seen not to take action but just to wonder and to try to take some kind of compassionate action as simple as taking vitamin c and then just waiting for it to pass so they become like little tremors instead of huge earthquakes causing the body to do things that it doesn't want to do and it's like well why did that person behave like that it's like a release of entropy and then we have so many thought forms and if we're in a fearful state they're fearful thought forms and the body is just going to do something to release that entropy to transfer that energy to the outer and it's the same with creativity in a way it's like this entropy that moves us into this creative space so if we're not moving around through thought programs we might actually be more connected with this entropy and some of it is processing old stuff within ourselves, or, and even old stuff within the whole collective unconscious of humanity. And that's why I feel like some of us who are sensitive, we end up processing more than our share. And to even have a little bit of that understanding and framework might make it a bit easier, because we won't think, this is about me, this means I have to do something, this means blah blah blah. It just means something's getting processed, I really don't know what, and I can kind of waited out and then when the creative energy comes one can move with that and understand okay now it's time to move and create but it's not time to move and create when the body and the nervous system is weak and processing fear and maybe one day when that fear process is over it's just energy and when we're not afraid of that energy perhaps it transforms into something else because we're not thinking oh this is fear this is bad because thinking in terms of bad and good is still very limiting so it wasn't comfortable just like today my cramps weren't comfortable but it's not bad or good per se so part of it also is moving beyond this duality of bad and good so there's a lot there and it's interesting just to have one's own inquiry about it and not necessarily say oh the way this person thinks about it is the right way it has to be one's own understanding that's the only thing that can be a buffer or protective in the moment when something actually is arising energetically actually in the moment because understanding this is different than believing something about it or just having a programmed way to deal with it like if i have this fear i'll reach for the seroquel that's a programmed way but the understanding creates a completely different outer manifestation of that inner entropy or that inner chaos and perhaps in a way thoughts and thinking all the time is a way to keep that entropy in some kind of order but it can't really be kept in order with thoughts and then when we try to if the thought structure breaks down and the entropy comes in it's mixed with the thoughts and then that can lead to so-called bad behavior because we're not used to moving based on this entropy this movement in this transformation and transmutation of energy that moves through us instead of just Moving based on our thought programs so I see this time I didn't move based on my thought program that might say okay just reach for a Seroquel I had other options and I was able to just move through it and that would make me stronger and my nervous system would feel the compassion that was directed towards it because I've talked a lot about people need to be received in compassionate ways but if we can start to move towards understanding ourselves and receiving our own energies that move through us in our direct experience with compassion then maybe the need for somebody else is less and less over time and then if we're able to respond with compassion to the energies in our nervous system where's fear? is there any room for fear then? In a way, the fear that goes through us if we're not able to understand it and move with it and receive it compassionately, that's when we reach out to others and say, please help me, and then it leads to all the chaos of us having to be put through the mental health system or something. And I'm not saying that's wrong. There's definitely a time and a place for that, 100%, and that's what should be done if that's what is necessary. But I do feel that we can understand ourselves to the point where we don't need to transfer that entropy of this extreme fear into all of our relationships and and the whole system of mental health we can learn to understand it for ourselves instead of having their understanding put on us and moving in that field of their understanding and being treated and medicated and all and all of that and it can take a long time to figure that out and i and probably still in the very beginnings of figuring that out but also the fear becomes less when one has a a context of understanding and not just a context of understanding but a brain orientation of understanding things even if it's something that feels fearful the brain is like what is this about understanding it questioning it not just reacting to it So there's definitely a time and a place for reacting to it and getting help, but I feel that we can learn, and when we enter into learning and understanding, we build this context and then we learn and understand all the time, even when it's something that is apparently not very desirable, we're still learning from it. And if the brain can be learning from it, it's not in as much fear, even though it's unpleasant. So yeah that's enough for today. I talked so long yesterday and it was a bit much so I'm thinking of toning it down for these last days in California. Tomorrow I get my hair cut and I'll probably go to the beach and it's supposed to be really really hot here so the beach will be a little bit cooler and also last night was the first night I didn't take any Benadryl. I haven't taken that throughout the years, but I have taken it the last three months, so now I'm no longer taking the Benadryl, I'm, and I didn't have to take any naproxen, so I'm officially off all pharmaceutical medications starting today. So today is the first day that I'm free of them, and I got through the pain of my cramps, so I won't have to take the naproxen, So it'll just be days from now on with none of that stuff in my system and wondering what that will unfold as my life. Today I had a magical experience. I realized two days ago that I want to find a hummingbird feather and I was trying to find one and a friend of mine suggested I go to this certain place where there's a lot of hummingbirds and... I found one little Hummingbird feather. Oh, I have a Hummingbird feather mustache. But it's really cute. I'm going to put it in a necklace or something. Because the Hummingbird is my power animal. And it needs to be about creating a joyous life in this next year and speaking from the level of joy. Yesterday, I got my haircut and I had an interesting experience. I went to pay afterwards, and I wanted to tip the lady $10, because it was $55. But when I used my credit card, it said 15%, 20%, 25%. And I just really haven't gone out and bought many things where I need to tip and stuff here. So I got confused, and I pressed 15%. And then signed it and realized that that only gave her like $8.25 or something. And after I left, I just felt so bad. Like I wanted to tip at least $10, so I should have pressed 20%. And it was sort of on my mind for like three hours afterwards. It was like, how must have she felt? Because I only tipped her the minimum percentage. I was confused. I wanted to add $10, which would have been more like closer to 15%, I think. So it was just sort of like confusion and then I just felt really bad and I even wanted to go back and just give her $5 extra cash but then I thought that would be weird. So it was just overthinking but all of that overthinking could have been prevented by just being more careful in being generous and since I've been down here I haven't been working or making money so... I've just had to be a little bit more careful with money than I like to be. I like to be more on the generous side when I tip and things, even if I don't have a lot of money because I think it just there's more energy to it than just that. So I just noticed how this lack of generosity really hurts me. So maybe it hurt the person a little bit, I don't know. Maybe she never thought twice about it, but I was carrying that energy for a couple hours so that extra couple dollars was not worth those few hours of sort of questioning that and it was also because I was confused because I was thinking I wanted to add ten dollars I could have just given ten dollars cash I don't know if I had ten dollars cash but the main lesson for me in this was just Noticing how being ungenerous, even if it's sort of accidental, just in confusion of numbers, between percentage and dollar or whatever, it still just bothered me. I definitely prefer to be generous and then I don't have to think about it anymore. And I had two days of feeling kind of low and crampy and yesterday I got my hair cut and then I went to the beach. And I was feeling kind of low because of that tip fiasco situation and then today it was totally different. I woke up and I felt energy and very creative and I was looking at this social enterprise course online and then making a lot of notes about what I want to create so I felt very creative. So I feel like it's a different bio-rhythm between resting and creating So my body needed to rest when I was at that point in my monthly cycle, and then once it was over, it just felt like this pressure had been lifted, and I could then again be creative. So I feel like there's something there in paying attention to that, and just resting when rest is called for, and then being more in a creative state when a creative state is called for. So really, when one understands certain biorhythms, just different biorhythms and consciousness that also correspond with physicality one doesn't have to really worry that i'm not being consistent because we can't be consistent and really striving and making effort to always have really good energy or always have a really good mood so-called mood is not really desirable or possible but really moving with that natural flow of consciousness and physiology can actually be good because I just sort of rested yesterday and then today I felt energy to connect with people and to to be creative and not last night but the night before I was falling asleep and I actually felt that sort of strong energy heart contraction and it was paired with my whole body sort of jolting back awake but it was interesting because it didn't Occur with that same level of fear that sometimes happens though I have had it happen where there's some jolts like that over different nights and then eventually it does become fearful so I have to be watchful of that but it just felt like my body was just quickly moving and twitching and so I was able to fall asleep pretty much right away after that happened but last night I... some coherence breathing I did 25 minutes of coherence breathing before I fell asleep and it's just again a gesture of paying attention to my heart and I've also been taking some hawthorn, which is good for the heart as well so paying attention to my heart and I've gone back down to just taking three doses of hearty nutritionals day starting today and I'm feeling pretty good there's not too much to update in that realm which is nice except I did feel pretty low for a couple days just because of my menstrual cycle which is kind of normal and now I've pretty much almost filled up the rest of this book all these pages and a lot in my computer as well to talk about so I do realize I have a lot to talk about but at the same time I feel like I have almost nothing to talk about because I don't want to quite get into it all yet I feel like when I go home I need to focus on translating my experience here to home and it's not just translating it but transitioning myself through the way that I communicate with people so I'm not sure really what that looks like, but if people say things that sort of resonate with the me prior to leaving, I can say something like, well, actually, I've come to understand it in this way or that way, or now I'm doing this, or I learned that while I was there, or blah, blah, blah. Just sort of looking for those moments where I can translate something or transition something to help it be a smoother landing in a way just really integrating somehow and I don't know what that's gonna look like and it could be rather interesting so I might do some more coherence breathing tonight I just got this DVD in the mail and then I realized I don't have a DVD player but I will find one and I'm going to try to watch this tomorrow and I will talk about it. And I feel like I'm in this weird space where I have so much to talk about. I don't know where to begin. And I forget everything I said because I just write it down so I can just forget about it and allow more to arise. Tonight I will do some more coherence breathing and just sit and maybe be quiet for a while. I sort of just feel like being quiet this isn't going to be a long video again but I just wanted to say that it's two weeks today until I leave for home and I can't believe it and right now I'm just really spending time with some people that I've met here and just really absorbing the last few weeks that I will be in California because then I'll be back home and it'll be just complete change so I'm sort of getting my mind mentally prepared for that change and I had a conversation with someone the other day and it was a long conversation we were all over different topics and then and then I started talking about how there are different worlds and multiple realities and blah 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 and then after that it's almost like I hit the ceiling of perception and my consciousness sort of went back through fear but it wasn't like fear it was sort of fear talking in a way but I didn't feel fearful but I felt fearful of certain possibilities of going home like ending my life or getting hospitalized again and drugged up or all these sort of scary possibilities were arising in consciousness and I was giving voice to them and able to sort of talk through them and just really seeing that in one moment I can be talking about alternate realities and overlapping realities and blah 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 and then the next like really afraid of going home and not afraid of going home but just expressing the fearful possibilities so going from like infinite possibilities and beyond the possibilities that I even think and see are possible but have sort of had a sense of sometimes to the other end of the spectrum like scary possibilities and that's sort of what so-called mania and psychosis is but the difference here is it was like grounded in reality i had somebody to just have a conversation with about the most infinite possibility that isn't even possible according to the current way reality operates, to like these sort of scary possibilities when I go back home. And it's showed me that I'm not this like consistent ego. I can speak from this place of really seeing a lot, but then when that seeing a lot gets opened up, I can see possibilities on the scary end of things too. And that's what happens in map consciousness. We go into the space where we're seeing a lot Of beautiful possibilities and then we see a lot of scary possibilities so it really feels just with everything I've been through here and with the micronutrients that those elements are still given voice to but it's more grounded in reality so it doesn't cause this backlog of fear because if those things sort of arose in my mind and I had no one to sort of talk about it with then I might actually feel really fearful but I was just able to talk about it and not be judged and just listen to and sort of listen to when I was speaking five minutes before about infinite universes and overlapping possibilities and how there are multiple dimensions and different versions of ourselves in other worlds and blah 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 and the next moment just being like oh my gosh I'm afraid when I go home I might end my life And that's kind of how map consciousness is when one is there by oneself just with one's own consciousness and being like, look at the universe and how beautiful and look at all these possibilities. And the next being like, oh my gosh, I'm going to kill myself in so-called mania and so-called psychosis. So what I'm saying is when there's like a witness there, when there's somebody that one has a relationship with that a person that is experiencing this can share the highest, whatever, highest perceptions of like, wow, this is possible, and maybe this, and maybe that. And then the next moment being like, oh my gosh, I'm feeling, not really afraid, but I'm having these fearful possible perceptions. And then just talking about it, and then it sort of ended, and then I was like, wow, look at that beautiful bird or something, and then I was like, oh, and it's over, and just sort of went on. Whereas if I don't have somebody to share that with, and maybe just sharing it with myself is okay too, but I actually had someone to talk to at this time, then it doesn't get turned into just me and my psychological stuff by myself. It's giving voice to the psychological stuff as it's there, and it's sort of witnessed by another person, and it's not something that has to be gone through alone because it's that aloneness that makes it scary and another part of it though is really that this person was able to hold space not being like oh you just changed like why are you all of a sudden afraid or why are you saying these scary things you were just talking about this there was nothing like that there so it was really this ebb and flow and it wasn't about Oh, this person was just like this, and now they're like this, and now they're like that, and that means something about them. It was just really flowing with it together. And I feel that's really important because when that happens, then it doesn't cause the distress. One can, that's part of the point of what I've learned lately, is that when my nervous system is strong. And things channel through it, I'm able to express it, partly because I've talked to myself so much about this, and I can understand it in different ways. And then being able to share that with someone is powerful too, and, and having a relationship that is open like that. And that could be anyone, it could be even a stranger that is able to do that. And so it just really felt like this ocean tide... And it's another thing for me to learn too, that I can be expressing one thing one moment and the next moment something else. And what I talked about before is that could be seen by others as a mood. Oh, you were in a good mood and now you're in a bad mood. But that's just a person judging another based on good and bad and not really experiencing the richness of what might be communicated if there was an open line of communication and really i'm seeing that a lot of this making distinctions about who's well and who's not is a big communication problem we who experience these we who experience these ebbs and flows in consciousness aren't able to really communicate and then if we ever are it's received as this something's wrong with this person, because I knew them this way before, and now they're that way. But the point of this map consciousness process is to make us more fluid in our expressions. Not just, oh, like, being able to talk fluidly or whatever, but we change from different states of consciousness. And when we do, we're going to express something different. And it's not really dependent on circumstances exactly, or whatever, it's, it's a lot more complex. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm seeing what I'm saying, but I don't know if I'm really expressing it. I'm trying to express what I've learned lately. And I think I've shared it along the way about how it doesn't mean now that I'm off the meds and I'm on these micronutrients that everything is just perfect. But it seems like when there is some kind of challenge it actually feels quite subtle and then with that subtlety it doesn't feel so distressing I'm able to really take time to understand what's happening understand myself for myself maybe share that with other people and and they have time to understand and because I'm able to communicate they can hear what I'm saying they can listen because it's not like Oh, I wasn't able to communicate, wasn't able to communicate, wasn't able to communicate. It builds up, and then by the time I'm like, I have to communicate this, I'm like, help me, like, I I don't know what's going on, help. But this is like understanding each little step of the way, so it doesn't build up to a point where it's so distressful that all I can really say is, help me, I feel like I'm going to die or something. And I feel like if it can be communicated, so... I've learned how to communicate with myself. I've learned how to communicate with these energies or what these energies are communicating to me. And these energies aren't, this is my ego in reference to these energies. These energies change what expresses through me. And understanding that I don't feel like, oh, just a few minutes ago I was, I was feeling fine and I was talking about possibilities and now I'm talking about being afraid of dying when I go home. I'm not like, oh, that's bad. It's just kind of, Interesting and something else to understand. And it's understanding this ebb and flow, which when we don't understand it, it feels like extreme states. But when we are able to express and communicate with ourselves or others, if possible, and have a strong nervous system, it's different, there's still the ebb and flow, but it's able to be communicated. So the ebb and flow doesn't build up. And the lack of communication translates into this extreme state, which that energy transforms into sort of desperately trying to communicate something through behavior or in so-called mania being like really generous or, or not being able to keep track of time. That type of movement is a type of communication. And it's like this buildup of not being able to move in this subtle understanding and communication and communicate with others. So, if I'm just in that space of map consciousness and I'm not able to really communicate with others, I'm just there by myself bouncing around and eventually it's going to fizzle out. But if I'm in the space of understanding and seeing more and I'm able to communicate with myself and others, that strengthens the nervous system. It's not going to really discharge all the energy. The energy has somewhere to go and it wants to be made relational. And a lot of times we try to do that with our behaviors and our gestures in, in so-called mania. But it's just kind of discharging that entropy. There's this energy that comes through us and it makes us move and behave and, and change in ways that we wouldn't really volitionally do. But there's a way to understand that over time and then be able to communicate that. And then the nervous system doesn't really get out of control or whatever. I don't know. Because with the ego consciousness, we feel like we have some sense of control. But we don't have any sense of really understanding what's happening. We just have all these memes of thoughts and programs telling us how things are working. But that's not really how things work. It actually blinds us from how moment-to-moment life really works. And in map consciousness, we get in contact with that, but we don't really understand it. So we're trying to understand it while while doing it. And that's why I feel it's really important to just continue to build more and more understanding. So that's pretty much all the time I have today, actually. But yesterday, after understanding that, today I just felt fine. It wasn't like, oh my gosh, I was thinking about these kind of scary thoughts and I didn't feel afraid of going home at all but I was just able to express that and express anything and not really be judged for it so that was really great so I feel like what I communicate with myself is sort of moving out to communicate with other people so this self-dialogue and understanding I built with myself is making it so I'm better able to communicate with other people when they're around and then I don't seem whatever it's actually interesting so it's really learning how to communicate this somehow and speak as different energies and not just as this one so-called consistent ego and be able to move with that and sort of understand it and surf that wave of consciousness instead of just moving about according to programs and I feel like I'll have a lot more to talk about when I get home And I'm not really going to get too much into things. Maybe I will one day. Out of the last two weeks. But I'm actually. Feeling like my brain is. Not seeing a new level of understanding. But starting to integrate. The things I've understood for myself along the way. Because they're actually. Really. Proving very valuable in daily life. So then. The daily life movement of it actually builds this new understanding, seeing the understanding I've built in action in my daily life, so maybe I'll talk about that, but I have a lot to talk about in my notes, and then I'll just really get into it when I get home and get settled, and maybe not until after the weather changes, but I actually feel just not talking to myself as much right now. Is good my brain feels like it's integrating something so we'll see yesterday I got a dream catcher bracelet I don't know if I showed that already and so today I picked up four more that I'll give away to friends and family when I go back I can't really bring that much back with me because I had a very full backpack on My journey down and I'm going to leave some clothes here that I don't really want anymore or got holes in it in the washer and dryer so I might have some room but I really don't know but I like these dream catcher bracelets because coming to California really was a dream for me and it was a dream that could have turned into a nightmare Worst case scenario would be ending up in the psych ward in the USA, but that hasn't happened, and I have two more weeks until I go home, and it's just really been a dream come true, and now that that dream is fulfilled, I really don't know what's next. Today it arose again in consciousness to maybe go back to school and take some business courses, or take some electronic music production courses or do one than the other, I don't know. And not full time or anything, I just feel like maybe I should have some awareness of business so then I could put some of my ideas into play and not have to rely on other people's expertise. And I still will have to rely on other people's expertise but at least if I have some sense of something in business then I'll know what I'm getting myself into. Because maybe I don't even want to have a business, so we'll see. And and before I go, I'm going to put some movies from Netflix on my phone because I ran out of data on my roaming plan accidentally because I was uploading video and it tried to upload over the LTE instead of Wi-Fi because the Wi-Fi crapped out. So here I thought that I would have data on the train ride home and I won't really, so I'll have to download some music and... Maybe buy some Kindle books or sign up for 30 days of a trial of Kindle Unlimited and Netflix movies or something and just whatever. I usually don't do that much. I just kind of look out the window. So it doesn't matter, but it's good to at least have some stuff. And I might even have a video or two to edit, depending if I get to make some videos before I leave. So I'll have lots to do on the train and I need snacks. So there's a lot of things to getting ready to leave and then getting back home. The first thing I'll want to do is insure my car and see my friends and do my taxes and blah blah blah. There's going to be so much practical things to do. And yesterday I watched the documentary Kumare where a guy pretends to be a guru and has a little bit of a following going. It was interesting. I was watching it in a room that made it sort of hard to hear the audio, and it didn't have subtitles on iTunes rental. So, I got the gist of it, though. But in my mind, I could tell he was kind of fake. Maybe because I just knew he was fake, but anyways, good little show. And I also watched that DVD from the recovery learning community called The Virtues of Noncompliance, it's really interesting because it's produced by the recovery learning community in western mass which is partly funded by government i believe i don't know how it works but basically they're producing a video saying think for yourself was kind of the message think for yourself listen to yourself even if a doctor's saying do this one thing do a different thing do what feels right for us slowly but surely and that's what I've done with myself all along. And and by doing that, I eventually got myself to California to sort of live my dream. When I was in my first altered state of consciousness, I I had just been in California and I went back home. And then I was thinking, I really want to go back to California. And it took about six years, but I was able to get myself back to California. So it feels like something's completed there. And then... Really, now that I've done that, I wonder what I'll decide to do next. Really just playing around with different ideas, whether business school or just taking some business courses, starting a business without taking business courses, going to some kind of course with Patch Adams as an idea, and really I'm just excited about continuing to learn, learning from my daily experience, writing down insights that I have continuing with this learning process of self-dialogue and somebody mentioned a word today and I think it was heuristic or something and said that that word means learning from our own being so I will look up that word at some point and talk about it because because it sounds like self-dialogue is that sort of thing it's just learning from one's own being and when one can do that everything else is possible. So the documentary The Virtues of Non-Compliance was good. I've seen Healing Voices in the recent months as well as Crazy Wise. I have an old favorite called Masks of Madness which features Dr. Abram Hoffer who's now passed away but he did a lot of work with nutrition for mental health specifically niacin I don't do the niacin thing, but it does help a lot of people, apparently. And he made the statement in that documentary that 80% of so-called mental illness is actually a nutritional thing. And right now, I am taking only micronutrients in order to support whatever is happening in my physiology. And I can say, right now, I do feel I hold the perspective of having a nutrient-dependency which isn't just a nutrient deficiency that one can correct by taking one's recommended daily allowances of certain vitamins and minerals and things. It actually requires more and it requires whatever. And I decided to go in the process of just trusting Hardy Nutritionals and all the many years that they've done their research and just taking their product and so far so good it just really resonates with me and my nervous system feels a lot stronger so so yeah and I got an email from a Tengu Muna and I don't know who this person is but I think I got on their mailing list by listening to the Ken Wilber Superhuman Potential webinar podcast thing and there's a little quote here by Orson Sweat Martin and it says when we get a glimpse of our immortal selves we shall see possibilities of which we never before dreamed now to me this sounds exactly like map consciousness so-called mania and psychosis there are definitely many instances of glimpses of our immortal selves and seeing possibilities and it continues a sense of wholeness of of power and self-confidence will come into our lives which will transform them. When we rate ourselves properly, we shall be in tune with the infinite. Our faculties will be connected with an electric wire which carries unlimited power, and we shall no longer stumble in darkness, doubt, and weakness. We shall be invincible. To me, that sounds like what people connect with or what I've connected with in map consciousness, and I like to think of MAP as meaning, action, potential, or the action potential of meaning, seeing meaning and unfolding it and moving in that field. It also sort of stands for so-called mania and psychosis, but I transform it to be meaning, action, potential, or whatever, just use MAP. And so when we get in touch with that, that quote that I just read by Orson Sweat Martin, that's exactly what it feels like but it's not just words not like "Ooh, that sounds so nice it feels just like that it feels very powerful and in that state of power and confidence when we open our mouth oftentimes we say things like i feel like god and all this but we're really we're trying to say we've connected with our immortal selves we feel invincible maybe we are invincible blah 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 etc etc so there are clues to this everywhere but for some reason The people who get sort of thrust into these states of consciousness without really trying get lost because we don't have this understanding of ourselves and then there's people out there who are managing to stay in regular ego consciousness that are trying so hard oh this immortal self thing seeing possibilities invincibility power confidence that all sounds so wonderful i'm going to try and get that but people don't understand what that really means. It's a completely different state of living where one has to really understand from moment to moment the unfolding algorithm of life and how we play into that, not separately act on that, but it acts through us and on us and with us and and it can be very disorienting, so it's just be careful what you wish for. And go out there and help the ones who've never wished for it. And there's those who would want it and wish for it. And then those who never asked for it. And we're just not communicating.